Welcome. Here in England, there is a special name for the Sunday that falls three Sundays before Christmas Day. That's the date on which this talk is originally going out. And the name of this Sunday in the traditional churches is Bible Sunday. The first verse of the passage that we're looking at today is a very appropriate one for Bible Sunday. It reads, Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And the passage we're looking at today is Psalm 119, beginning at verse 89. My name is Keith Simons. I'm a Bible teacher from England. I present these talks, How to Understand the King James Bible, using the Book of Psalms, each week looking at a different portion of the Psalms, verse by verse and word by word. So when we turn to Psalm 119, we're halfway through. We've already done 11 talks on this Psalm and uh, after today, there'll be 10 more to go before we complete it. We're doing them roughly monthly. So the eight verses we're looking at today are headed in the King James Bible with the Hebrew letter Lamed. And we're looking at Psalm 119 verses 89 to 96. Lamed, the letter, corresponds to our letter L. And the reason it's a heading in the King James Bible is that each of today's eight verses begin with the letter Lamed. That's the structure right the way through Psalm 119 as it proceeds through the 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet with each eight verses in turn for each letter. Two characteristics that I've asked you to note each time with Psalm 119. The first is that in every verse there is a word that represents the Bible, the word of God in some way. So uh, it talks about thy word in verse 89 uh, and so on all the way through the psalm except for there are a few verses which don't and we'll come across one a little later. Um, the other correct characteristic is that this psalm is a psalm of prayer. Again, almost the whole way through are prayers or one continuous prayer, maybe indeed the longest continuous prayer in the Bible. So let's start the passage then, verse 89. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. We look at the world around us and we see a world that is constantly disturbed, constantly changing. There are wars and rumours of wars and earthquakes and famines and troubles on every side. And if we looked to this world to, to provide us with the assurance of God's word and God's promises, then we'd be looking at something very uncertain. No, we cannot be disturbed by the state of this world, we've got to remember that the word of God, the Bible, is something that goes beyond this word, beyond this world. 
God has written his word. He's recorded it. He's established it in heaven. And it is as certain as his throne is in heaven. God guarantees the truth of his word. His promises do not fail. His words are certain. Jesus said a very similar thing in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 18. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. One jot or one tittle, the smallest letter in the Hebrew alphabet, wouldn't disappear from God's law, from God's word. And uh, that was Jesus' promise. And so when we read forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, we know that God's word is sure, that we can always rely on his promises. We know that because of God's faithfulness. Elsewhere in the Bible, that same word is translated truth. And verse 90 refers to God's faithfulness. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. God's faithfulness, the quality that makes us to know that God will keep his promises, that God doesn't change his mind about these things. Unto all generations, although people live in this earth and they die, yet God's faithfulness remains the same. No one can be absolutely true to his word, not definitely, because we all know that we must die and then we cannot carry out the promises that we've made, not after our death. But God's faithfulness is unto all generations. And all generations, people in all time, can benefit from God's promises. Because, you see, God has given us a firm and definite place to live here. Even though our world is constantly changing, even though there are so many uncertainties in the politics and in government and in the state of life here, yet we look at the earth and it's remained here. It's remained here for all these thousands upon thousands of years, for generation after generation. And God has established the earth as a firm place. The land it is not overwhelmed by the sea and hasn't been since the great flood. And although the earth is suspended, as it were, upon nothing, yet it remains here, constant, as a place for people to live. God established it that way. And so we see, although this world is constantly changing, yet nevertheless, when we look at this world, it's a testimony to God's faithfulness. It's a testimony to the fact that God continues to look after people. It's a testimony, a witness to the fact that God is a faithful God who carries out his promises, who does what his word says. Thou hast established the earth and it abideth. It remains. It's still here. It continues. It stands firm. In this place where there is no firmness, where it hangs on nothing, yet it stands firm because God made it firm. And God sustains this world and God 
upholds this world. Now I said at the beginning, every verse of this psalm had a word for the word of God, the Bible, except for verse 90. I can't spot any word that means Bible in verse 90. But uh, in 91, we'll have the word ordinances. And in 92, we'll have the word law. And in 93 and 94, we'll have the word precepts. And the verse after that has testimonies. And the one after that has commandment. But this verse is an exception to that rule in that it doesn't. And why are there these exceptions here? Why are there these differences to the usual form? We don't know, but we can see that they're deliberate. The author of the psalm wanted to emphasise his words in this way. And so although he's not mentioned the word of God in verse 90, yet still he's referring to it. When he talks about the faithfulness of God, he means that God is true to his promises. Verse 91, they continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Ordinances is the same Hebrew word as the one we've been used to and we've seen a few times already in this psalm for judgments. It's just a different translation. It means what God has decided about what's right and how things should operate. And when it says they continue this day, it's referring back to the earth. Just as it says the earth abideth in verse 90, uh, that word for abideth is actually the same Hebrew word as continue in verse 91. How does the earth abide? How does it continue? Well, they continue this day according to thine ordinances. The earth and something else? Well, the earth and the heaven. The earth and the skies, they're still in place to this day according to God's judgment. It's God's decision that they should continue to be. It's God's decision that the earth and the heaven and the skies remain for all are thy servants. All these things obey what God has said. The earth holds in its place because it's obeying the rules that God set up for how the earth should move. The skies remain in place because God has ordered that the sun should provide light by day and the moon and stars by night. Heaven and earth remain in its position as God has ordered it to do. The heaven remains there. The, the throne of God above the heavens, all are thy servants. Heaven and earth and sky, they're all God's creation. They all do what God wants. How about us here on earth as people? No, we don't always obey what God wants. And so this verse, this verse 91, it convicts us. It draws attention to our sin, because if the earth and the heaven and the sky are all faithful servants who obey God because they obey God's judgments, then why are we not obeying God's judgments? Why have we turned against God and against God's commandments? We read in the book of Genesis how Adam and Eve originally disobeyed God and since then every generation afterwards 
has continued in that same way of doing wrong things, but God in every generation afterwards has been faithful. Verse 90, thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Why is this word world unstable? Because people don't obey the judgments of God. Why are heaven and earth in their position still? Because they're obeying God's judgments. Why is it certain God's word that is settled in heaven? Because God has placed it there. Because God has written it there. Far above all the evil things that we do in this world. If God had only placed his world, his word, his commands in our world, then maybe maybe it might be unstable like the other things that are in this world. But no, he settled his word in heaven. Verse 89. And on this earth, because there are so many evil people doing evil things, well, we need to have our eyes on what's happening in heaven. We need to have our eyes on the word of God, also called the law of God. Verse 92. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Unless thy law had been my delights. The word for law there is the famous Hebrew word Torah, really means teaching. What God has taught me in the Bible has been my delights. Not just my delight, one of them, but my delights, every delight of mine. All that I live for is God's word, because God's word is so precious to me. In Psalm 1, verse 2, it describes the person who serves God. It says of him, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. Yes, evil people are doing evil things all around me and it would have destroyed me. Their evil acts, their evil power, the troubles that I had in this uncertain word, that I had my life based on something certain. I had placed my delight, my love, in God's law, in his Bible, in the word that is settled in heaven. So these troubles I had on every side of me could not destroy me. I had a home and a citizenship with God in heaven. I had the proof of it in his faithfulness, his promises in his word. Verse 93, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me, quickened, brought to life, to bring life, even to bring life from death. God, you've given life to me, And what is it that gave life to me? Your precepts. The definition we've been using of precepts in these talks is what God visited us to place before us. Oh, God came into our lives. God came into our lives to provide us with his precious word, 
the Bible. Oh, let's let's learn it. Let's remember it. Let's not neglect it and forget it as if it's unimportant for us what God has done to help us and to give us life. No, let's remember the precepts of God. Let's remember the word of God. Let's make it our constant delight. Let's make it our greatest pleasure. Verse 94, I am thine, save me, for I have sought thy precepts. Save me, rescue me, bring me to a place of safety, O God, because I am thine. I belong to you. I don't belong to this world. I certainly don't belong to those wicked people who have dealt so cruelly with me. I belong to you, God. I'm your servant. So I look to you, O God, to save me, to rescue me from my troubles. I have sought thy precepts. In every situation, when there are wicked people all around me, when there is great trouble on every side, what have I looked for? What have I looked for but the word of God, the Bible to give me strength, the promises of God, because I know God is faithful to keep those promises. I'm trusting you, God, to save me from the wicked people of verse 95. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, but I will consider thy testimonies. The wicked people wait for me. I remember one occasion when a friend waited for me and he waited patiently for the place where he thought I would be and I wasn't there. But what about when the wicked wait for you? Well, then they're like a gang of robbers. They're waiting patiently, but their plan is not like my friend to show kindness. Their plan is a wicked plan. Their plan is to destroy me. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me. They want to take my life. They want to destroy my relationship with God. What what will I think on when there are wicked people hiding away, waiting to destroy me? I will think about thy testimonies. Testimonies, the evidence that God has given us of his relationship with us. In Israel, they had the testimony of the Ark of the Covenant, that sacred box that contained the Ten Commandments and which was in the most holy place of the tabernacle or the temple. And so the author of this psalm said he would think on God's testimonies. He would think on the evidence of his relationship and his nation's relationship with God. And that is what would give him confidence when there is evil on every side. But what about when there are things that are good on every side? What about good and perfect things? Verse 96, I've seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. Even in the things that seem most perfect in on earth, there is a limit, there is an end 
Because what is, after all, something that's perfect if it's not complete? And if something is complete, it's ended. And if it's ended, it's no longer there. And its perfection has gone. I have seen an end of all perfection. We look round this earth, we see paintings that are beautiful. Or we see people who are beautiful. But those paintings must have an end and those people must die. The things that seem to us most beautiful and most perfect in this world, all of them have an end. But what about God's word? What about God's word that is settled in heaven? Does that have an end too? Does that does that have a limit to it? Well, I've looked into this, says the author of this psalm. I've seen, I've investigated, and I have found that thy commandment is exceeding broad. Broad means wide. It's far-reaching. God's commandment, what God said about how people should live, it reaches further and further to all people in all manner of life and to all generations. And all of God's word is like that. It is for everyone, everywhere, in all time. Thy commandment is exceeding broad. God, your commandments are perfect. And when I search for the end of them, I find no end. I find a commandment that is without limit. I find that your word is perfect and I cannot find any ultimate thing with it. Because your word is the word of the God who is always God. And what God who is always God declares to be right is always right. So your commandment, God, it has no end. It has no limit. Please write to me. My email address is 333kjv at gmail.com. My name is Keith Simons. I'd like for you to write to me and tell me how you found these podcasts and where in the world you are. It would be lovely to receive just a short note from you. 333kjv at gmail.com. And now let me read to you the whole of today's portion from Psalm 119, beginning at verse 89, headed Lamed in the King James Bible. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy faithfulness is unto all generations. Thou hast established the earth, and it abideth. They continue this day according to thine ordinances, for all are thy servants. Unless thy law had been my delights, I should then have perished in mine affliction. I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. I am thine. Save me. For I have sought thy precepts. The wicked have waited for me to destroy me, 
but I will consider thy testimonies. I have seen an end of all perfection, but thy commandment is exceeding broad. <laughs> 